Everything Jesus did in his life was as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And us as individuals, the church, are filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And God expects no less than what Jesus did on the earth, that we have been equipped to do exactly the same and more. As a body of people. Jesus was one man. There's millions of anointed Christians on the planet today. There's revivals taking place. Incredible things taking place. The church is growing. It's not... (laughs) Like we hear sometimes that the church is growing. I'm I'm going down down the road I don't want to go down right now. Today it's relevant and pertinent. Because I want to talk to you about the church that we're a part of. And about the divisions that are in the church. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul said this. He says, Now I plead with you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we all speak the same thing, that there'll be no divisions amongst us, but that we'll be perfectly joined together, with the same mind and the same judgment. So we're all in unity. In unison. Jesus set up a church and through his life and he worked the way his church was going to be built. And for the first period of time after the resurrection, the church was moving powerfully with authority incredibly we read about it in the book of Acts and the apostles of the day were empowered because they saw Jesus rise to heaven they were there in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were empowered they didn't run away from the problem they could stand in the midst of it and make a declaration of Jesus being Lord and Saviour and Messiah. And if you like, everyone's trying. The church is all right. It's just the people. <laughs> the church is okay. I love going to church. It's just the people who are there. I want to tell you there isn't a perfect church but we're all leading to try and follow that blueprint of church that was there in the first couple of years hundred years after Jesus was resurrected from the dead that's the blueprint for the true church the church that Jesus was going to build by the Holy Spirit through the Apostles It says, the church of the day met in people's houses and all the surrounding districts as it grew and they went in sharing the apostles' doctrine and doing what we just did, breaking bread. That's right, amen. Taking bread and wine and communion and drawing all that comes from that fellowship of believers. In Acts 2, 42, 47, it says this, 
and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all had things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst each other as anyone who had need. So continually, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved there was a connection with the life of God amongst them and people shared the gospel powerfully the blueprint of the church no massive get togethers like in the kind of structure where we are today but a perfect home church is there lots of them taking place around Europe and different places around the world the church was a powerful place to be the church was a powerful place to be a part of after the resurrection a definite intensity and anticipation of power we, people had come together and there's a sense of God was going to speak like he just did I don't know if anyone heard that the way John prophesied from the voice of the Holy Spirit to us. Mm. He who has hears, you see, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Acts 4.32 to 35 it carries on this building of the church. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul there's a unity in the body neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own but they had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord I love this little few words and great grace was upon them Amen grace is what we need church Amen. grace is what we need it's what we need to receive we need to be aware of that's our empowerment for yeah. everything that we do that great grace was upon them all nor there was any nor was there anyone among them who lacked anything for all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the, what they sold them for into the church and laid them at the apostles' feet. And that's kind of really what an offering is 2,000 years after the event. It has watered itself down somewhat. But it's still people giving out of their substance. So kingdom work can take place. I think, and both needs have grown. The needs of the individual in the West, 
It's so much less in the East, I would think. But the church, winning souls costs money. Winning souls costs money. But there wasn't a New Testament for them to read from. The people who were born again and brought into the church were there because of what the apostles said about Jesus being alive and Jesus being around. And they was reiterating his teachings and the incredible revelation of the gospel that was given to the, the one who, who was responsible for the murder of hundreds of Christians, Paul, the writer of the, the New Testament, half of the New Testament anyway. The faith righteousness teaching that came through, the revelation that comes from Paul, straight from God, straight from God, that we've got that and we're living in that today. And we are trying, we do want to follow the blueprint of the church of the day here at Home of the Free. There's a lot of differences in many churches today but we want the things that we believe can be and will be very very um, problematic in the days as they go to the end we've got to understand what we know and who we are The church for the first 300 years after Jesus died suffered. There was lots of problems. There's lots of work against who Jesus was, what he stood for, and everything that, um, that Jesus stood for, church. Right? And there was lots of persecution, lots of people being martyred and slain for what they believe. Mm. It's been going on all through time. But I wanted to talk specifically about one area where the church has um, been infiltrated. One denomination in particular. I mean, Paul saying that he wants no division that everyone should have the same mind and the same thought so that we can be one it was a lovely thought but the devil has come in and created havoc and built religions in so many ways when Paul was saying God wants everyone to be in one mind and one thought Psalm 133 says how good it is when brothers dwell together in unity that there the Lord commands the blessing well, I want you to know today, I had a quick look at Google and um, according to some estimates, there are 4,200 religions, faiths or belief systems in the world today. And these words being intercha- interchangeable. Six major um, cultural blocks Divided into 300 major traditional religions. Listen to this. Composed of over 33,000 
distinct denominations in 238 countries. Right? And that stemmed from one resurrected king. One truth came. And in order to bring confusion and disruption, an enemy has created all these different roads. That's where we are today. I want to talk about one particular one particular break off of the church, right? And it started in Constantinople from a, a work called Constantine, right? And in this time in Constantine, Christians were getting murdered and martyred for all sorts of things. They were seen as the scum of the world, the scum of the earth, they were being killed. And for some, something happened to Constantine. And he had a revelation. And how that happened, I haven't got the um, details. But suddenly, being a Christian was the in thing. And where there was suffering and martyrdom and craziness, he was suddenly right to be a Christian. You could get jobs. It was, it, it was, the, it was the in thing to happen, and all the um, the suffering of the church stopped. And Constantine was a Christian city. Constantine is now today Istanbul, a Christian city, and there was peace. I wonder if that's going to be a parallel of the ages to come, mm. shortly, when there'll be a, a peace, but it won't be a real peace. Mm. It'll be a peace where all the faiths are going to come together and worship one God through the many roads that lead to the one God who's got many names. But what happened... 300 years AD was the Romans realised the church has power and authority and they had a lot of sway and influence and they wanted to make themselves to be a part of that they tried to find their way in and what happened was the pattern of the early church has started off with elders and deacons over the church. The Romans liked that because they liked the, the, the control and the manipulation. They could, they could work and bring the mass and control them. And there was an edict of in Milan in 313 AD where the early pattern of the church the ones we're trying to stand up for and work with was sneaked over and covered over and the church because it was peaceful and the influence was strong in that time they allowed 
the same way the Romans moved with the emperors and uh, the, the emperors and then the people in control in different levels in the Roman or, uh, as the Roman officials they allowed that to be brought into the church remember this was all done in a peaceful manner so suddenly what they had was the church but within the church then there was the hierarchy of the Roman officials mm. in substantial places of power and authority ruling the church and that was talked and worked into the system of the church in Constantinople at that time till a meeting came around called the Council of Nicaea and this was 12 years after the Edict of Milan in AD 325 and it's when the, Ro the church recognised Roman officials as a part of the, the system of governance within the church and the church was called Catholic Catholic is a word called universal called universal church the catholic church universal but within the roman empire there was empire advisors and governors but now within the church was positions called the pope the cardinals and the bishops the same patterns of government the same patterns of authority and this was infiltrated into the blueprint of the church that Jesus began to build and after 300 years the church began to look, to look nothing like the church that was there in the first couple of hundred years after the resurrection incredible There were people who had authority over lots of churches and weren't even believers. There are people in high positions within traditional churches today who've got the right honourable so-and-so, so-and-so and they have a, an entourage of people in their robes and gowns and they don't believe in the resurrection they don't believe in Jesus dying and rising from the dead and they demand to be given all kinds of uh, uh, opportunities and worship of course through this time everyone in the church didn't fall for that there was always people who were going to be standing up for the truth this isn't what Jesus said this isn't, isn't what the word says this isn't what Paul's been telling us what the apostles have said through the ages we can't go for that and they went off into Europe and different places 
And they were being martyred. They were being sought out and murdered. They had to go into hiding to keep themselves and honour the truth that they knew and trusted was the truth that they started off from, that their family had brought them into in their lives. The New Testament church was birthed and established in AD 33. That was God's plan. God filling people who believe with the Holy Spirit and power. Giving them a revelation of all that God had got for them. The righteousness, peace and health and deliverance and prospering that's in Jesus. That's people filled with the Holy Spirit that had authority and could walk and move according to look just the way Jesus did. In AD 325, the Catholic Church was birthed through the Council of Nicaea. And that was man's idea. What happened was, there was a mix of faith and politics. That's exactly what happened. I've got some dates for you here. It's the birth AD 325, the birth of the Catholic Church. At AD 394, as the church took control and men organised the situation within the church, there, there became a Latin mass. God's word was put in Latin and totally ununderstandable to the regular mankind. So then there was the priests were lifted up. And had total control of things working behind the scenes. And the mass of the minions just followed suit and did what they're told. In AD 593, the purgatory doctrine came into the church. There's no such thing. Not in the Bible we have. And through the Catholic Church, you can pray for the dead. It's not in the New Testament pattern. It's an absolute farce. But the, because of the influence and the authority and the power that came within the church, man brought the ideas in to control the masses. In AD 606, the official Pope was brought into the church and his title is God on Earth. And in AD 1000, there was the transubstantiation doctrine, which talks about the body, the rice paper circles that the Catholic Church give out, literally turns into the body of Christ while we're swallowing it. You're not allowed to take the wine. And in AD 1015, the doctrine of the celebracy of the priests was brought in nothing to do with the New Testament doctrine it's alive and living today these are the foundations of the Catholic Church today man's idea it's a deception of the truth on a massive scale 
It's probably the biggest church in the world with the most money and most influence and most deception. Because what they have is not in the Word, it's not in the New Testament doctrine. So, after 1,000 years, there were two different churches in the world. The New Testament church was initiated by Jesus after the resurrection. And the Catholic Church started by Roman officials trying to, trying to control the true church. And then the Catholic Church split into two, two denominations. I hope you can see this. I, I, know, I know there's a lot of facts and a lot of information, but this is pertinent. You'll see why. So the Roman Catholic Church separated in... 1215 AD and then the Greek Orthodox Church which is still here today as well that split off into another area the Bible was becoming increasingly uncommon to man because of the Latin because of all the, the suffering that was going on it was taken away from people like you and I to read and to understand we couldn't build a and understand what God was saying to the people. We couldn't read it. And then what happened in them times was what we know in history as the Dark Ages. And yet the Catholic Church continued to add man-made doctrines. In AD 1192, the Catholic Church brought indulgences into their opportunity where you, you could get your priest out there to do things for you, but you've got to pay him. You've got to, you can make a demand and pay you for praying for, pray, pay him for praying for your daughter, for your son, for other things that you might prosper. You have to be doing the here today. I'm a, a friend of mine. Hadn't for oh, fifteen years ago. He's died. He died. And we have to go to the Catholic Church. But I know it, the priest went out to his house, and his family had to pay for prayer. It's here today. The Catholic Church does it today. In AD thirteen eleven, the sprinkling came in, in, instead of immersion regarding baptism. They sprinkled a bit of water on there. this is a good one maybe not good not being the right word in AD 1870 the Pope was declared infallible God on earth and when people come in contact with God in the uh, with the Pope they had to be laid out flat on their stomach laid out so but this is amongst us. And this isn't a particular knock on any individual who's a Catholic. That isn't the point of this, uh, um, what I'm sharing today. It's about the infiltration that's coming to the church that's powerful and effective. And we're living in the midst of it.
And this is why we encourage you strongly to understand about your heritage, your priesthood, your inheritance, who God has made you, when you gave your life to Jesus, what happened in your spirit, that you need to know this. Because teachings from any, teachings affect us. If we're listening to teaching from other churches, you need to be aware that it's standing up for what you understand to be the truth. Otherwise it will sow seeds of discourse. If you're listening to anything from the Mormon church, anything from the Jehovah Witnesses, anything from uh, Islam, any kind of wisdom that's coming from any other ism or schism, if you're giving it any time and thought, if you're not strong and don't know who you are, there's a danger it will infiltrate your heart. You have to know what you believe and why and where it is in the word. We've got to be able to defend yourself. Workmen who have studied and know what you're doing. This is why we, we're looking forward to starting this discipleship course. And we're, we're going to be thorough with it. And we're going to be um, expectant that you guys are going to want to be a part of this. And, and learn for yourselves. So that then you can go and take someone through the scriptures and see them be born again like the apostles did but with that passion because it'll be the gospel according to one the gospel according to Tony because you've read it you've got the word and you understand it and the Holy Spirit's teaching you and you can hear him and you can respond as he directs you and you won't fail or fall through pressure or compromise but you 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 would have built yourself up to be able to stand in what you believe. When you've done everything to stand, Ephesians said, then stand. But if you don't know what you're learning, you don't know who you are, it says you can be to and throwing with every wind of doctrine. If in your lives you're compromising what you believe God's telling you to please someone else you're going to find that that's going to bring a weakness so that when someone comes who means something to you will say something to you that you will not do what God's asking you to do he will not force you he cannot interfere with your free will That's why when we understand it, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, what have I got to do following him to be afraid of? If God is for me, everything he's going to give me is going to be beneficial for me. <laughs> if God is for me and he loves me like I, the, the, the Bible says he does, then... We needn't be afraid of whatever we have to do to stand up for him. Even if it means we die. Because then we have to recognise that the death that we give as we give our lives and we martyr for him 
It's just, our life is passing away. The glory of God is what's waiting for us. Death isn't losing. Death is winning. As believers, death has lost its sting. 1 Corinthians 15, that the grave has been taken over with victory. Because I ain't dying. And Jesus is the one who's going to be judging the hearts of every single one of us. In the sense that we're going to have to live this life according to what we believe. And learn, this is so, why we're so passionate about this. This is why... And home of the free, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. You can put a lot of areas in what we do and how we do it that might be a bit slack, not a bit uh, loose. But I believe the gospel that we're sharing is right there in the place where it should be. Amen. Right there in the place. That's right and true. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Just a couple of verses from Galatians. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Listen. But even if we... Or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you than that what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you that what you have received, let him be accursed. This message, this gospel, anything that's altering, that's not this one, it's not the gospel of grace. It's not the gospel of love. And God pouring out his life through the Holy Spirit. That Jesus dying and being resurrected from the dead. And the power that's in the blood of Jesus. Then if there's not another gospel that's coming up away. That's telling us we have to do something to earn the salvation that Jesus paid for. It says, let him be accursed. If you are worshipping God. And an angel turns up. Supernatural nine foot high glowing and says you ain't on the right track. This it's happened this way, I did that and didn't do that. Don't listen to it. This is what happened to Muhammad. This is what happened to um, the other the Christadelphians where an angel turned up while people were fasting and taking the opportunity because people didn't have any kind of foundation of a gospel that they could say well that's not what I know is in the word that isn't in the plumb line as I've come to understand it I've got to reject that but some people have a supernatural fluffy experience and they follow it like a puppy and it's got nothing to do with the truth that's in the word Mm -hmm. church if you have an experience 
If you have an experience that isn't validated in the Bible, dump it. Give it no, no value. Because if it's another gospel, if it's disqualifying what's written down in the word, if it's done different, it's not the truth. And it devalues and takes away the truth of what's happening in the gospel today. This is the end times gospel. I'm confident of it. I'm confident of it. And I'm going to have to pay account for that. And so do you guys. You've got to know who you are. What Jesus has invested stuff in you. You need to know what it is. It cost him his life. So it's study and thought and care. So there's people who are going to come across your path. Who are going to need prayer. Who are going to need you to release the authority that God's put in you. If you don't know that, they're going to carry on. In darkened minds and broken bodies. Impoverished souls. Because you just haven't took the time to recognise that you can speak to that demon you can heal that disease you can get that freedom and deliverance for that person, you're the one who's filled with the Holy Spirit and we're going to be called to that we're called to that every single one of us hallelujah hallelujah praise God what do I do then with all these other people that are around us with all their problems, all their mistakes, all their deceptions, all the denominations that haven't got it? Love them. You don't walk up to them and say, you got it wrong, mate. Ha! I've got the truth. No. You love them. Come into all the world and preach the gospel. And sometimes use words... Nothing's changed. And as the opportunity happens, as the relationship connects, then you're going to have every opportunity to share. Drop a little bit of the truth. Oh, you don't worry about pleasing God. Chris, well, well no, because I've been made righteous by faith. I haven't got to work at it. God loves me. I've been knocking doors for 12 years, selling these Watchtower magazines because I thought that's the only way that God can love me. Well, in the Bible here it says this. And it, it says it there. And it, it says it again there. And someone else says it there. Right? All right, okay. And over a period of time, it's still there. It's still got peace. It's, it's obviously the truth. Because I'm still sweating. Uh, I'm still trying to get rid of these Watchtower magazines. I'm sticking them under the carpet in some cases. God, he's never going to love me. I'm righteous. I make mistakes too. Chris says. Well, well how do you cope with that? I'm not here on my own strength. I'm not here on my own ability. I couldn't do it. I received grace from God. He's changed my heart and life. I'm accepted in the beloved. Wow. 
and that process takes its place. Uh, but this is. In Matthew 13, 24 to 30, it says this. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then did this tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and uh, to gather them up? But he said, No. Lest, don't gather them up because... While you gather up the tares, you might uproot some of the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. There are people in the church who are going to sing the songs, who are going to say all the right things, they're going to have all the behaviour modification they want, and we're all going to say their brothers and their sisters, and God will know their hearts. There are people in the Catholic Church who have been going and brought up through all traditions, but in their life they love Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and quietly speaking tongues. There are people in denominations that are loving God with all their hearts and they're just not fitting into my pigeonholes of the way it should be. Or your pigeonholes. But they really do love God. He's the one. God's the one who's going to make the decision. Don't waste your time measuring me up or measuring yourself up. Mm. Well, measure yourself up and get born again. But measuring other people around you. Just let them know what you know as the love of God in, and the Holy Spirit is giving you to share. And then God will be the determination of all this in the end. I think it's my responsibility to say you need to be born again. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you in tongues and worshipping God in spirit and truth. You need to be knowing, again, who you are, priests and kings, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people chosen by God for this generation, for this day. And we need to get our spiritual armour on and get an attitude right because God's got things for us to do. Just look around, you know it in your heart. Some people don't want to look. With the trust comes a responsibility, church. Thank God that we worship Jesus here. Thank God 
that we are, we are trying to get more of what we understand and bring it into the light of our understanding. God is teaching us. God's showing us. And the, the outcome of that is the, this church teachings have been designed to plant a seed in your heart to equip you, to get you set up, equipped to ready to do the work. And we'll continue to do so because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Father, we thank you that we are part of the called out ones, Lord God, the church. Church of the living God. Help us, Lord. Direct us in our way forward as we grow in grace and knowledge, Lord. That we, in our natural eyes, want to see people delivered, born again, healed, Rise from the dead for your glory. That you use this body of people, this house of priests, Lord, to shine your light in the areas that surround us. For the people in our families that don't know you yet. Father, we just bring people apart from us across their paths. Amen. Someone who will have a, a different way of bringing the truth into their lives. That they can know Jesus. Lord, we, we pray for them right now. We pray, Lord, that the, the world's veil of deception is lifted from their eyes. Is lifted from their mind. Is taken away from their heart. So that when they hear the word of truth. That seed will penetrate and make a difference, Lord God, to our children and grandchildren, to our parents, Lord God, Amen. who are alive, Lord God, to our brothers and sisters, Amen. Lord God, who don't know you yet, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you labourers will cross their paths, people who have influence with them, that they respect yes. for one reason or another, but they will share this incredible gospel of the truth that it is in Jesus. Praise you. For these young kids in the Sunday school right now. Yes, amen. Lord, that they'll be effectual as they grow. Effectual as they grow. And take hold of what you've got for them in their lives. That they won't suffer hard knocks. They won't come the woulda, coulda, shouldas, Lord God. But they'll have the, um, the heart to want to follow you, Lord God. Amen. The heart to want to listen to you. And to say no to things, Lord God. As this world would pour dark opportunities into their lap. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. You, Lord, are exalted in our midst, exalted in our uh, understanding.
that you're exalted Lord God and you're always on our mind Lord God oh, Father help us to, to give, you, give you attention give your word attention and keep our heart in an attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness that we will be strong Amen. Lord your word says in Daniel that the people who know, know their God will go will be strong and courageous and do great exploits Amen. Lord and I pray that for this body of people here this royal priesthood at home of the free church that we'll see incredible things happen on the homes and houses of the people who are around us Lord that we'll influence them with love and life give you glory Lord in the name of Jesus Amen Amen, Amen.